Why the hell is it so damn hot in here? I have the heat on. It's for immersion. It's 90 degrees outside. We're starting our Dark Sun campaign tonight. Uh, fill your water skins, players. It's your moment in the Dark Sun with five things you must have in your Dark Sun campaign. This week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. It's fucking hot in here. Why is the heat on? We're doing Dark Sun, man. Got to have that that immersion. I have sweat in places I don't want to have sweat. He's glistening. I'm going to wear a loincloth tonight when I run. Please. It's be off. Oh, no. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I burned all Speedos, so. Sorry, Tarzan wore one. Yeah. 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 Dark Sun. Dark Sun. Dark Sun. One of my favorite campaign settings for D&D. One of my top Favorite campaign settings for D&D. When Dark Sun's done right, it's a great departure from high fantasy and fable that you may be used to. When it's done poorly, man, it really shows. So if you're going to adventure in the Dark Sun campaign setting, you better do it right. But before we get into it, let's talk about some ways you can support the DMD. You can support the Dungeon Masters Dojo in some very simple ways. Be patronizing like Lou, and become a patron on Patreon and unlock exclusive patron content. Or if you're like Scott and long-term commitment is an issue, you can buy a Sasaki, shop our merch page for DMD swag, or use our DriveThruRPG affiliate link next time you shop DriveThruRPG. Or visit us on the web at thedungeonmastersdojo.com. There, you'll find links to all the above. Don't forget to email us and say hello. Thanks for listening. So let's get into it. Get rid of all the extra races we now have in 5e. We've got a lot. Yeah, there, of, there's a plethora. Yeah, which is great for other campaign settings, but it, it doesn't really work for, for Dark Sun, in my opinion. Right? So stick with the Aarakocra. Dwarves, elves, half-elves, half-giants, halflings, humans, Thrykreen, and there were half dwarves too. I don't know. They were called mules or mules or mules. Mules. I was the mule. It's M U L S. So that's why I just said mall. Yeah. Yeah. All the others, unnecessary. Nope. No need. Right. And you figure, and you may ask why, right? Herringon, they're going to be eaten right out of the get go. They're giant rabbits, right? When food is sparse, you know? Yeah, everything's going to be hot. It's like, look at they taste just like chicken. How about the worst class to play? A Triton. A or, trite, or yeah. a grunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's this these shrivel up husks in the middle. Well, you made a mistake getting off the spell jammership, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, they'll be all crusty like earthworms on the sidewalk. You know, in minutes. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a lot of like when when the world starts to crumble, you should expect a lot of warfare and violence and stuff. So some species are just they're going to become extinct. I was about to say go extinct. Um, so stick with stick with those and really, really know them because they're 
they're very different in Dark Sun than they are in like Faerun. Like halflings will halflings will eat you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They live in the jungle and they'll tranquilize you and you'll find yourself over a spit like Han Solo in the Ewok camp, you know. And you know what they may they're like Ewoks. They may be cute, but they're gonna eat you. And everybody seems to overlook that. It's like, yeah, the Ewoks were cute, but those little fuckers, they were gonna eat Han Solo. Yeah, and, and any race that files their teeth in the points should be a a warning. Yeah, look out. <laughs> Not that the halflings did that, but I don't know. You know, I my halflings in my Dark Sun campaign certainly would have filed teeth. Mine did. They're not Bilbo Baggins. No. See, my my halflings would have bone crunching teeth. Nummy, nummy. It's a dying world with with races struggling to survive. So there's gonna be a lot of it's. You know, it's not for the faint of heart. No, this is a survival game yeah. at its max. In in yeah. today's day and age, and that's not to detract from, you know, the way people think today. But back then, you know, we just we saw it as another like kind of Mad Max setting. But really, there's there's going to be a lot of stuff in a Dark Sun campaign that people may find disagreeable. You know, so maybe it's not even worth playing for your table if it's it's one of those things because I really think you have to embrace it in its its entirety as it was presented for you to get the depth of that campaign setting. And that statement pretty much brings up our next point is this is a post-apocalyptic setting. There should be a heavy survival element to your Dark Zone campaign. Yeah, it, pretty much everything will kill you, including the environment. And the environment, act, first every, and every, foremost. Everything is actively trying yeah. to kill you. <laughs> there, there's never a respite. Nope, I mean, this was one of my favorite campaign settings. Mm-hmm. I think probably my my second one, my second favorite. Um, and it was brutal. Yeah. I mean, you had charts for how much water you had to intake. Um, you know, yeah. you couldn't, there's no metal armor. There's right. really no metal weapons at all. Yeah, it's it, bone you, or stone or. If you had metal, you were probably going to be taken out because somebody else wanted it. Mm-hmm. It was that valuable. For, it was more valuable than gold. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was. You know, you, you wanted a metal weapon because they're good, but you didn't because it put a target on your back. Yep. And you didn't want metal armor at all. No. Because you'd cook. Yep. Being like being a microwave often. Sit, yeah, sitting right in an oven. Bing. All done. Yeah. So resource management is 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 big. And that that means that as a DM, you have to you have to constantly check in with your your players. Players, you have to manage your resources because you said the environment's probably your biggest adversary. I think this is probably the only, well, there may be one other one, but this is the only D&D setting that I've really played in that you had to manage resources. Yep. Um, even, not just even resources, you know, just traveling because you, you didn't want to travel during the dead of day or yep. else you'd be dead during the day. Yeah, I saw it as very like Mad Max, you know, like the Mad Max movies from like the 70s and the 80s yep. where it was just this like wasteland like the Australian outback post nuclear war yep. where you just the, just the people in general, like look different. Everybody looked hungry because they were, everybody looked thirsty because they were, you know, there was, there was really no health care. There was a lot of missing teeth or a lot of like deformities and stuff like that. It was a harsh, harsh, harsh environment. Um, you were lucky to survive an attack by something. Another good movie to watch is the book of Eli. Yeah. I was going to mention that. It was that, one of my favorite books. Yeah. It's um, a very, they did a very, very good job of depicting a post-apocalyptic world with resources at right at the brink. Yeah. One of my favorite movies too. That was a, a, that's a good one. And it doesn't, 
you know, there's not a lot of post-apocalyptic fantasies out there. Um, so stick with your post-apocalyptic movies and you'll get mm-hmm. a pretty good idea of what Dark Sun is, should be run like. And our next point is, um, goes hand in hand with our previous um, point, but morals are different in Dark Sun campaign settings. Let's just say that they're kind of flexible. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do to survive. You know, Survival of the fittest. Yep. And that, that may mean that your, um, your PCs become bandits. Yeah, you know, possible. They, they may have to take resources from you know other other groups. They may have to. Oh, I remember doing that because if we if we ran out of water or which usually was the case, we had to try to get water from elsewhere. And since there's no wells everywhere, right? If we saw a caravan with their water containers, we tried to take it because we needed it. We didn't necessarily have to be a bandit, but you definitely had to be opportunistic. Yes. If there was an opportunity there, you took it no matter what. Uh, unless it was going to take your life. And even then you kind of, it was a check and balance kind of thing there. It's like, Oh, do the, you know, do, all right. I think I can afford a couple of wounds, uh, maybe a loss of a finger, maybe a hand, but I'll still be alive. The, the chances of you getting uh, what you needed outweighed the dangers, the dangers. The yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and having that mindset around the table is, is important. It's like, well, um, I've known players who are very protective. You know, the last thing they wanted to do is die in a setting like campaign, uh, Dark Sun. Let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. You're a new DM who wants to jump behind the screen. Maybe you've been volunteered by your gaming group but aren't quite ready. You've been watching people play games online or on podcasts, and you're thinking to yourself, where do they come up with all that descriptive narrative? There's no way I can do that. Well, don't worry. We've got a solution for you. What if I were to tell you that I can put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk while you're prepping your game? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we can do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there, and there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy, and pasteable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. Confidently read these narratives aloud in your campaign and impress noob and veteran gamer alike. And the best thing about it is, the library of narratives is constantly growing, and it's affordable. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D-S-C-R-Y-B dot com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks for free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. Uh, dying isn't that bad. It's like it just means you're no longer living this terrible, awful, horrible life in this terrible, awful, horrible place. So what's the worst that could happen? I could end up with water or I could end up dead. If I end up with water, then I'll probably survive another day. If I end up dead, I won't have to worry about it. I'm finally, you know, relieved of this this terrible place. It's it's that weighty and that heavy an environment. And... and- I remember playing uh, with, with a, I think it was DJ Paul, um, maybe Robert, and a couple other guys where, yeah, we actually had to weigh all these things. So if, also, if we got items, we didn't hold on to them. We shared them out because that meant survival for everybody. Right. Yeah. And that person's survival may save your life. That's where our thought process was. Yep. Yeah. The selfishness Not was different. Yeah. yeah. It was it was very different. Um, you wanted you wanted the people in your group to be well equipped because that that gave you that extra. Yeah, there that was extra no hoarding shot. of magic. Uh, if there was, guys did it very well. But the, 
they were sharing everything because my skills helped them survive and vice versa. Right. Um, yeah. What they, if you're the healer? You're holding out on water because, oh, well, no, it's my water. Okay. You're wounded. Sorry. This is my healing bleed. That brings us to our next point. Bill's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be psionics. It replaces much of the magic that was lost. Yeah, and in Dark Sun, there's there's not a lot of magic left. Magic is what what caused this apocalypse. And there's sorcerer kings. They hoard the magic. They hoard the magic. So psionics replaced the magic. And because of that, you have to have psionics in Dark Sun. It's or, part of the, the world. At least some form of psionic, because not everybody was full psionic. Right. You right. had to roll on a chart. Mm-hmm. And either if you got the right numbers, you got to be what they call the psionicist. If not, you just got, if you were lucky, one or two powers. Yes. And I believe if some of them still had prereqs, so if you didn't have the prereqs, right. you didn't get it. You didn't get it. And you, you got you got um, one or two sciences out of one devotion. Yep. And that was it. Um, this is probably the only place that I actually had no problem with psionics because there was no magic. Uh, and... There were, everyone had it, so, or at least a little bit. So more often than not, every, most people had at least some defenses against psionics because psionics was so prevalent. Right. I, where everyone had a little bit of iron will or, you know, uh, intellect, mind, for, yeah, yeah. Mind, intellect fortress. There was a few out there that they had enough where they could stave off. You know, it wasn't, my biggest hang up with psionics is there's no saves and there's no way to stop the effects. And that, I thought that unbalanced the game where in this game, everyone had a shot or at least had a little bit of ability to hold their own against a true psionicist, at least for a little while when you gang, if you gang up even better, but you weren't defenseless against it. So in this setting, I really didn't have a problem with psionics. It was more balanced. Right. And that's, that's was my, that's always been my biggest hang up about psionics is it, it unbalanced the game in the way it was originally, you know, presented, uh, in dark sun, it was not presented in that form. It was, it was a little bit more balanced. So I didn't have any problem. No, it was with the it new form of magic for that world. Exactly. It speaks to the point of your survival of the fittest, right? The, the people with psionic ability did better. They were able to pass on their, mm-hmm. their genes. Um, and before, you know, before too long, you had, you had a world of, you know, psionic, psionic ability. And that, when you remove that psionic element from Dark Sun, you take a huge chunk of what the setting is with it, and it's a it's a it's a shame. Most and and you're absolutely right because there is there is very 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 little, if any, especially at lower levels, you're not going to find magic. You're not high high levels. Maybe you got a shot of running across something, um, and then as soon as you do, it's probably going to be taken away from you. Or at least you're going to be sought after to take it away from you. Well, you're a very high high target at that point. Yes. But, you know, so you have to have something there to fill the void. And I think Psionics does actually a pretty good job in this particular genre. Our next point is Dark Sun. It had slavery and disparity. Uh, we got to face it. It was not a happy place. It wasn't. It, not and, at all. And, and it was it was like a, something of a cask society. Yes. Uh, you had to have and have nots. And have nots had nothing. Yep. And if you wanted something, you, you worked for somebody else or you were made to work for somebody else. So, yeah, and, and, and that, that, that whole that slavery thing is a, a trigger for a lot of people and a lot of things. But in the, in the world it was written in, um, it is a part of it. That's all there is to it. It's not a kind place. It's not a kind place. It was a form of survival. 
It's like, okay, I could, um, I could accept my fate or I could be cast off. And that's a sentence of death. And for people who are indentured, I'll call it, mm-hmm. it was a way of survival for them as yeah. well. Yeah, it's food. Yeah, it's right. Water. It's food. It's shelter. It's water. It sucks, but I'm not. You know, this is people. People in this, this setting, they they did and do what they have to do to make it through the day to survive. And unfortunately, I mean, again, it's it's a it's a post apocalyptic setting. You know, you think about how horrible we would be to one another if we weren't all fat and happy. You know, and we didn't have, you know, Amazon. Or, you know, drive-throughs and stuff like that. If Or a tap in the sink to right. give you an yeah. unlimited supply of if, water. If the world crumbled, you would, you know, we would descend very swiftly into barbarism. Mm-hmm. And this is, the Dark Sun is a, a, a reflection of that. So as terrible as things like slavery and people being cruel to one another are, it's, it's an integral part of what makes Dark Sun the campaign setting it is. And if it's not your thing, it's too triggering for you or like people at your table, this is probably the campaign setting to stay away from. I would say yes, uh, you're you're right, yeah. You know, it, you know, it's certainly not a slight against those folks that are not comfortable with this. It's just, you know, you stay away from the stuff that really just doesn't doesn't fit you or, you know, you 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 find upsetting. This really has to be talked about in session 0 because Dark Sun. Oh, we're we're going to play Dark Sun. Unless you really either have played it before or have, have it now and ready to play it, you don't know what it's really like. So you really, this is one book you really need to read over um, and talk about it with your table. Your table has to be in full agreement. Yeah, you don't want to spring this on anybody. I mean, if yeah. we were talking about dark fantasy in a previous episodes and we said, you know, some people have triggers, when, especially when you get into dark, you know, you know with clowns, with uh, arachnophobia, claustrophobia, you know, zombies, things like that. For the same reason you talk to them about you're dealing with undead and are you uncomfortable with this, you have to talk to them about this, about the ramifications of a post-apocalyptic world where people are using other people as resources. And are you uncomfortable with that? That'll hopefully clarify stuff. And if someone isn't comfortable with it or the majority, all right, well, we'll play another setting. Yeah. And you have DMs. You should be respectful of that. And other players as well. You know, if someone at your gaming table just isn't okay with that, you know, be mindful of that, you know, this, this may be upsetting to them and, you know, be respectful of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you would expect the same thing from them if, you know, situations were reversed. Yep. And just to go a little further, if you are really interested in playing this game, there are some, a couple of 5e conversions out there that do exclude this a little bit. They don't exclude it totally because it is part of the world, but they don't make it a focal point. Yeah, it's pared back considerably. Yeah. So it's in the background. So it's a little, it's, they're a little safer. What I'll do is I'll, I have some links. I'll post some links where you can go download these if you so choose. Um, and they are from reputable, reputable sites. Um, and you can even, I believe even the, even the DMs Guild has a fifth, uh, 5e conversion um, from, from 2 to 5. So it makes it easier for you to, to play. And if, cool. you know, if you want to explore this and you want to do your best to, tastefully approach some of these like triggering topics we have done episodes on like hot topics that are still alive and well in in our own games and how you can approach them in a tasteful fashion so as not to you know offend or be triggering to any of the people playing at your table so have a listen at those you know that that could give you an idea of how to approach this 
Um, particularly if someone has said, you know, I'm not really comfortable with a lot of the, the, these topics. Um, you can, you know, if you're still very adamant about playing, pare it down. We have some tips on how to do that. And that's five things you must have in your Dark Sun campaign. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.